Hey everybody, what's up? It's Jenna from Jenna's Adventures Podcast. Wow, I'm so excited to share this episode with you because number one, it is with one of my dearest, truest friends, Corinne. Corinne is amazing and it's funny because her and I, I don't think, I was trying to remember the last time we were actually hanging out in person and I think the last time was 2018 when she attended a, a retreat I did in Yosemite. It was a yoga and spa Yosemite retreat. And I think that was the last time I saw her because Corinne is such a badass. Before COVID, she was spending most of her time singing and entertaining people on cruise ships and traveling the world and doing her art and sharing her talent and her voice. And we first met in 2014 when we did a summer program a musical theater program at circle in the square in new york and that's the first time i met her i was 28 at the time and we're the same age and i remember her and i were going through a pretty emotional transition and little do we know i guess that was just the beginning of continuing our spiritual journey and self uh, development and our own self evolution and we still continue to do that but her and i connected on a very deep way because i think we both shared um a little bit of struggle together with music and relationships and what the fuck are we doing with life and both kind of beginning our spiritual journey of what that even looked like i remember i didn't even really get into yoga until later that year in 2014 so Corinne and i have just been through a lot and i respect and honor her so much she truly is one of the most badass women that i know and this this episode is dedicated to her and her birthday, which is, well, it'll be today for me here in Thailand. And it, it's um, it's not quite her birthday yet, but when she listens to this, it will be. So Corinne, um, congratulations on making it another year, on becoming more wise, on gaining more tools, on continuing to live the life that you want. You are so inspiring. And I know that, and we've talked about this before, you and I both feel like, Man, we've had some struggles and we need to be reminded from our friends and from each other. We've both reminded each other how awesome we're doing and how amazing that we're living our our lives the way that we want, even though it's a struggle. We still struggle and her and I have both reminded each other and just how how awesome we're doing and rooting each other on and truly, Corinne, such, such a talented powerhouse. Um, just to give a little bit of background, Corinne was in Canada during 2020 and, you know, living with her parents and, and she's a musician. So can you imagine going from traveling on cruise ships, performing for our, our um, audiences, seeing the world, being creative every day, using your talent and skills, and then boom, getting off a cruise ship, having to go straight to a place that you don't necessarily want to be. And her and I have talked about this. We love and appreciate our family and where we grew up but it's not home necessarily and so to have to go back to that and then have to go back to the nest where you don't really want to be and be stuck on top of covid and then you can't express your art and it's confusing you know oh it, it was a hard time and she had the courage to get up and leave and go to guatemala lake Atitlan where she took a course to uh, to further her spiritual development 
um, to continue practicing her music and she chose to leave an environment that wasn't fueling her and feeding her and she took the leap and fucking left and guys that leap is so hard it's so hard to take to leave your family to leave your home uh even though maybe it's not where you necessarily want to be it's still safe you got you, you got your mother and father there with you you know and then to have to leave them and to go to a, a country and a place that you've never been before in the middle of COVID when everyone's freaking out. And then on top of it being like, oh, how dare you travel? How dare you go do this? How selfish are you? First of all, that's bullshit. Those are people that are just putting their own expectations and fear on someone else and not open-minded enough to sit and ask, oh, why are you leaving? Why? What are you doing down there? What are you hoping to get out of it? There's so many positive questions to ask, but no one did that. And Corinne still went up and left. So I applaud Corinne for that. And literally within a month, you guys, that she left, she's already found such a great community of friends and new family. And she's been offering sound healings online and virtual cacao ceremonies. And she's writing music. And just like, I am in awe of her. And literally just a month of her leaving the nest and fucking pursuing her dreams and diving into the deep end without knowing what she, what she was going to get. So fuck yeah, Corinne. And I hope everyone um, learns from Corinne's own journey. And what I this podcast episode is specifically about is Corinne decided to take an ayahuasca ceremony. And again, talk about bravery and badassery. This is the first time Corinne has ever done a psychedelic. Not only that, this is the first time she's done any altering substance. I mean, we're not going to count alcohol, but she's never smoked a joint, you know? She's never done anything, and she dives in straight to ayahuasca. So, wow, bravery. So, uh, I did a little before and after of her journey. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um... Before we get into the episode, I just want to say a big old happy birthday to Corinne. And I'm going to maybe sing happy birthday. I'm shy, but um, you know, in honor of Corinne, I'm going to sing because her and I met through music and I'm going to take her lead and be inspired by her to just fucking go and do for it and jump, jump into the deep end, even if you feel insecure or scared or have no idea what's going to happen. So before we get into the episode, I'll do a little happy birthday song for her. And also, just to remind you all, my name's Jenna. You can follow me on Jenna's Adventures. I give chakra birth chart readings. It's very similar to an astrology reading. And you can learn more or schedule a booking at calendly.com slash Jenna Davi. Or you can go to jennasadventures.com or follow me on Instagram. So without further ado... Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Corinne, happy birthday to you, happy birthday Corinne. Good morning. Oh man, uh, you have a very big event coming up. Is it tonight? Yes. So it's tonight. Um, first ever ayahuasca ceremony, but also first time 
uh, take medicine or anything that alters my natural state. Controlling person, so it's definitely going to be good for me, but it's also very stressful. Oh, okay, wait. So, you like, you've never you smoked weed though, right? Nope. What? Okay, so completely. (laughs) Oh man, I you brave soul, like, but amazing. I think, I think this is kind of the best way to do it do it pure without. Well, yeah, I never thought I would do anything like this, um, but I ceremony certification for two weeks up at the yoga forest and learning more about this as well uh they work they work with shamans a lot and um and very they're very very connected to and all that nature has to offer and i saw okay like these people are very grounded they're very intelligent they're amazing beings like amazing souls and i thought if none of these people are scared of it and they've done it and they they these their lives well why why am I judging this you know like why am I I used to call it a drug and then (laughs) everybody always corrected me that no plant medicine medicine is not a drug and so it was quite funny but um I changed my perspective very quickly it's it's amazing how things have shifted from me in the first days while people were talking about it maybe like at lunchtime so from me saying I would never do this to literally a few days later um, being invited to a ceremony and actually saying, considering it, and within 24 hours saying a definite yes. <laughs> oh, man. So can, can we backtrack and start from the beginning? Like, well, you, you were in Canada. Now you're in Guatemala. And how is the, um, how's the comparison? Can you compare the two? Your life in Canada during COVID compared to now? Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost afraid of what I'm going to say because I, I feel like I'm in a really beautiful dream right now and I don't want it to end, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so in Canada, I was in Quebec. So Quebec has been um, the province that has been most affected by COVID cases. It is mainly because we have a lot of centers. Um, so centers for the elderly that are awfully maintained um they were understaffed and the people are underpaid and so they already had a lot of issues um if if i if i can just give you an example during that first wave of covid a lot of people died simply from dehydration because nobody came to feed them or to give them water so a lot of you know but the county says covid deaths um so we've got a lot of really bad things happening in these centers which actually has brought a light you know, up, upon this issue. Um, so hopefully the government is, is working to fix this. But yeah, so Quebec was very, very um, affected by COVID. And so we were under strict restrictions. And right before, uh, actually, I left on, on December 24th. So I left on Christmas Eve, which is, you know, very um, and not very family-like. Um, and could have been frowned upon a lot, but Christmas was technically canceled. So we were not allowed to celebrate with anyone, not allowed to leave your house, um, not allowed to do anything. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go. So I left. And when I left, what happened the was that they also initiated a, um, so nobody's allowed to leave the house after six o'clock. Uh, 
the hell, man? Eight, I'm not sure. I think it's six. Um, you know, all these rules that were there already. So basically, I've not been working for months. I had a, a month in the summer where I had a little, we had a little COVID breather where we were allowed to work with masks and social distancing. So I started doing sound, sound healings um, and Reiki sessions, but then they shut that down as well. Only lasted a month. So March to basically when I left almost in January, end of December, I, I was on lockdown, you know, except for a month. So it was very, very difficult mentally. Um, obviously, I'm very resilient. I'm spiritual. So that has helped me a great deal. Um, watching a lot of spiritual videos, like YouTube was my best friend <laughs> during this yeah. time. Speaking with you, Jenna, has helped me so oh. much as well. And so I get to Guatemala and it's like, it, okay, at the airport, everything, you have to have your negative test before entering the country. Um, How was the test? Like, what did they, oh. is it that nose swab? Yeah, it's the, yeah, you have to have, well, for Guatemala, it's either the antigen or PCR, but PCR, because I think it's the only one available in Quebec anyways, they, they go with, it's, it's a bit more um, reliable. So yeah, the, it was the nose the trick was to be really kind. <laughs> and so the nurse, I, I told her I was a bit nervous about it. I hate things up my nose. Like I absolutely hate this uh, because of singing and having cameras, you know, like the, I remember what it's called in English, but they put this camera down your nose to go and have a look at your vocal cords. Yeah. So anyways, that like traumatized me. So I <laughs> worried and she, uh, she was super gentle. She was like, don't worry. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to put it up there. And I'm going to swap for five seconds. But literally, her five seconds were two seconds. She went like, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, you're good. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, she was really oh, nice. nice. Yeah. So, and so, it, yeah, so you do that test. And then um, there's no quarantine. But I kind of, a little bit, but I had no food. So I, I and I had no, no means of cooking. So I had to go to a restaurant like once or twice a day, but everything is outside. It's all terraces. Um, and I would wear my mask, but everybody looked at me like I was a weirdo with a mask because a lot of people don't wear it here. Um, How weird that you go from Quebec where everyone's freaked out and then to Guatemala where everyone's like, we're just living life. Like, don't and there's know. no, there's no Purell. Like it's so rare. You'll find like a Purell bottle somewhere or it's, Ugh. yeah, people are living life, but also I'm, I'm very lucky because I'm in a very remote spiritual community. Um, I'm sure Guatemala city would be very different. Right. So I'm yeah. really like in the woods. You're in, yeah. Very different vibe. You're in but like it's amazing. Adelon. Exactly. I'm like, You're I'm in like Adelon on San Marcos. Um, and I, for the training at the yoga forest, basically we were there for two weeks. So what everybody decided to do was to, we're quarantining together. So basically no masks, no distancing, just doing the training full on because you couldn't do it anyways with masks and distance. It, you would, yeah. you know, you know, you, you would be right beside the point. Um, so it was like, if ever we're sick, we're all sick. We're, we're there two weeks together. So that's what we did. And nobody got sick. I mean, we all got, <laughs> not but a lot of us got some sort of issues with our tummies because of maybe the water or the food, you know, the differences coming from different countries, but nobody got COVID. And didn't before you left too, I remember we were, we were on a call or we were voice messaging each other and you felt 
guilted for leaving or people were kind of like like the, the pressure just to leave and live your life was was really stressful too I that, remember yeah before you left. that was a lot of stress but it was also so I feel like we are being conditioned to feel guilty for wanting to live our lives um yeah yeah so I I have been following all of the travel guidelines I've been following the rules. Um, I still wear my mask when I go into shops here, even though people are like, you don't have to wear your mask. And I tell them, no, but there's no, there's no doctor here. There's no, you know, if something happens and the, the Mayan community is amazing and they're so welcoming and I'm not going to, you know, like their health because I want to be free, if that makes sense. So, yeah, if I'm outside, I'm not, I'm not wearing the mask know it's crowded or something or I'm going in a shop I wear it so I am still respectful but when I was I did get some some friends and some oh I mean some Facebook friends as well which you know are, are not really friends let's, let's face it uh kind of to wow like you're leaving like aren't you worried or aren't you know just just these little oh, like sentences of mm. Of like, yeah, well, isn't that irresponsible? Like nobody should be blah, 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 blah. But then when you, when you think about it, I was flying with Aeromexico and Aeromexico, they have the, uh, on the planes, like the HEPA filters. And these HEPA filters kill 99.9% of all germs and viruses, including COVID. So basically I was less dangerous being on that plane than being at a grocery store. You know, and I had yeah. my negative test beforehand, so I knew I was negative. You know, there's a lot of there was a lot of shaming. There's a lot of shaming shaming around traveling for. I don't think it's for the right reasons right now. Canada has just implemented yeah. a two thousand um, dollar. I want to say it's a fine. It's not a fine, but if you come back from from traveling, you have to be in a hotel for three days, quarantined, have another test. So you have to have your negative test before flying. Then you get another test once you get there. And it costs you $2,000. That is implemented as of Sunday, um, what are we, January 31st. So it's crazy. It's like a $2,000 fine, basically, for traveling. You know? And I get it. Like, I'm not, I didn't leave to go on a beach for a week at an all-inclusive resort, having drinks and partying. Like, no, I was coming here for um, training that I had booked a year prior to this. I was supposed to do it in March and, and I'm staying because I don't want to go back to that world. So I'm going to stay a couple of months for sure. I'm going to just wait it out. Like, like you're doing, you know, just wait out the whole COVID thing. Yeah. Aren't you so glad though? Like, how do you feel that you're out? I mean, I'm sure that you miss your family, of course, but your headspace from in Canada and like seeing the news and being stuck in the house and like, feeling suffocated and then down in Guatemala where hey, I'm sure it's not perfect, but you can kind of take classes and be with other like-minded people and be in nature. Exactly. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's honestly, I don't miss it. The first week I was freaking out because I had a lot of scorpions <laughs> in the house where I was staying in. I had never encountered a scorpion. So I, who was, I was either living in a city, a suburb but I love nature but to me saying I love nature was like I love going on a hike for a day and coming back to my 
house, you know? <laughs> so I had yeah. really been out in nature for such a long time. And so I had never lived in a, you know, really lush forest or, or anything like this. I wasn't used to anything. The first week, I will say my fear of scorpions and those huge spiders did get to me because I was, I was thinking I would rather be on lockdown than be afraid every night. So that's how I felt. Wait, no way. I swear. Are you serious? I, I didn't know it was that bad. I swear. The first oh, week, that is how sorry. I felt. And then, and then I moved to like a, a, a hotel. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I spent a bunch of money just to stay at a hotel because I felt it was cleaner and safer. And then I got yeah. over my fears. Yeah. I went to the yoga forest and, and when I got there, of course, scorpions was me. So I had scorpions every night in my room <laughs> and, and I, I finally had to just come to peace with it. And just find a way to get them out. And I would talk to them and I would like put a glass container over them, slice something under, flip it, bring them outside. And I eventually kind of, I don't know, like I faced my fear, but I also developed kind of a connection with these scorpions because I swear yeah. the night we did a fire ceremony and we burned, we had to burn something away. So I, I wrote on a paper all my fears and I burnt that away in the fire. And that was the last night I saw a scorpion. And after that, I kind of missed them. I was like, wait, why are they not coming Aww. for me anymore? <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Yeah, they, they heard you loud and clear. But Oh, I had no idea that you'd rather be in court. Like, I didn't know it was that bad for you. Oh, the beginning of it was really, really bad for me. Um, but also, I didn't feel safe. The house I was staying in, mm. you could have just get, you know, kicked the door open. And, and here I am, you know, with my stuff. And, and it was yeah. it was very it brought up a lot of things from childhood. I've had this feeling of being unsafe. And I don't know where it stems from. It's probably from another life because I, I was five years old and I would wake up in the night and make sure the doors are locked. I would always go check. Ooh. Yeah. And, this, and my parents thought I was sleepwalking, but I remember I was conscious. I, just, I was so afraid of someone coming into the house that I would check every night and sometimes two or three times a night. So that was, that was obviously like a, a mental problem. Um, I didn't know where it came from. And this fear kind of left with being an adult and, and be, you know, being more spiritual, working on cruise ships and dealing with so much stuff and so much fear. Um, you know, if I, if I wouldn't have confronted all these fears, but I'm glad that's where life took me. So I had to confront all of these things and it left for so many years and came back during the summer um, you and I had discussions about this stalker dude. <laughs> oh and, my and so that, God. yeah, so that brought these feelings God. back and then I, they left and they came back in Guatemala. But now Wait, can gone. we talk about that? Can we talk about that stalker dude? Cause when you sent me a photo of him, <laughs> I, I was freaked out. I had nightmares. <laughs> I was seriously like, cause you know, you told me you had the stalker and I was like, not, saying that your feelings aren't valid but I was like oh god because guys are stupid and they do shit like that stupid shit like that all the time yeah. and then I was just thinking that he was just harmless and then you showed me that <laughs> photo and I was like oh my god call the police right now <laughs> yeah like, tell everybody the whole what, what, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody that that story okay well the... you were in Quebec right yeah so this is unfortunately not even my first <laughs> incident with a stalker um, oh. but, but this one was actually fine because when I responded to him, he, he stopped all communication, which was fine. But let me tell you the story. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I was living at my parents' house. 
for a couple when of when was this in the summer just before moving to quebec city i was living there for quarantine actually because i work on cruise ships i travel nine months out of the year so i sold my condo and then during my three months i stay with my parents because you know i've not seen them in months and they have my dog yeah. as well so anyways i was with my parents and then the law see i stayed there um, and this guy was doing delivery. He was a delivery guy. And so I, I had ordered a couple of things online, obviously, because it's very hard to find anything in that little town. And, and we were not allowed to leave the town, basically. So he would come for deliveries. I mean, he came probably twice. I think I saw him twice. And he kind of just, on his side, had this deep connection with me. I did not feel because it was basically, hi, oh, thank you. Yes, thank you for my package. Have a great day, you know, like nothing more than that. Yeah. But he felt something. And so I would take daily walks with, with my dog and my mom um, and daily walks of like maybe like 45 minutes. And sometimes he would drive by and just wave hi, maybe like, hi, okay. And then he started waving by and saying like my, my name, you know, my name and my last name, because obviously he had this information with my address from from past deliveries. So he'd be like, hi, Miss St. Marie, you know, or whatever. Okay. Hi. That, <laughs> but that was it. And then the, the night, the day before I moved to Quebec city, he comes to the house while I'm not there. So my parents were there and he leaves this huge box and tells them that he has a delivery for me. And my mom says, no, I don't think she's ordered anything. Um, she, she didn't say anything. And he said, no, no, it's a special delivery. And then, he starts saying how he's in love with me and how like he has connection and this is a gift for me, blah, blah, blah. And my mom was just like, oh my God, what do I tell this, this man? Like she didn't know what to say. And so she, she felt bad because she said she could see his inner child, just like he was this gift. And so she didn't say anything. She was like, okay, I'll give it to her. And, and he had asked her, oh, I forgot this part. He had asked her prior to this if I was single, and she said yes. So she did not help the situation. But oh, mother. I had no idea this was going on, right? And you know, my mom, yeah. she's like, I'm 35. She just wants me to get married eventually. <laughs> she just, so she was like, right. oh, he seems nice. But yeah. That, anyways, so, so he brought this gift. And so I, I, I come back. I had just bought some sound healing equipment obviously uh, that's what I've been doing my whole lockdown um so I came back and I see this box and I'm like oh no because you know when you this feeling so my mom is like oh he was so happy to bring it just open it so I opened the box but I feel and it's something I've always felt this guilt see, even even then I was guilty of like him liking me and me not liking him so I opened the box and it's like he left he left which was very thoughtful. He left a gift for my dog because he sees me walking the dog every day. So he left like a little bone for the dog and a little toy, which was sweet. And then for me, there was like this, I'm going to say a teddy bear. It's not like a stuffed animal, which was a monster. Actually, it's a monster. So a stuffed monster. (laughs) (laughs) And inside, so he had had like cut cut a hole through its back and put stuffed a walkie-talkie in there. And he left a note. He wrapped it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He left a little note around it being like, it was actually really sweet. Like, I've, I've been watching you. <laughs> no, sweet, 
sweet oh. and creepy. But I've been watching you, and you're just so beautiful. I don't remember what it said, but it was like, so here's a little something for, for Bebop. So he even knows my dog's name. Um, here is something for you. I'm going to be waiting on this all day Monday, um, starting Ooh. from 12. And if you want to talk to me, I would love to hear your beautiful voice, blah, blah, blah. Here's the walkie-talkie, you know? So it, it could have been sweet, but it also, yeah, just because of my past history with men. So there's two ways of seeing it, right? Like, either you're like, well, so romantic, or either you're freaked out because men have been creeping with you before, and this is just um, kind of scratching a, a scar open, you know? Yeah. So I was like, oh, kind of weird but I was leaving anyway so what I said I told my mom I was like okay I'm leaving for this other city I'm moving out just please um so this is my fault I said give him my email um or no take his email or give him my email I can't remember what I said and I will write to him to say thank you but I'm not interested right but I wanted to say thank you to con congratulate his effort because I thought if this guy has some past trauma Women. and maybe this was his his first time reaching out to someone and he really went full out and and I don't want him to feel like like an idiot right I wanted him I want to say thank you I appreciate the gesture but I'm not interested but thank you for your efforts yes so I wanted to be you know I'm trying to be kind and to see to have a lot of compassion and to see behind everybody you know behind the creepy guy there's a story right <laughs> so anyways <laughs> so, okay. yeah so he yeah so oh, yeah. I my email so he wrote to me and um and i and i wrote back saying thank you so much but i'm so i'm so sorry like i'm i'm not in that place in my life i'm not interested I want to thank you for your efforts and and you know i i hope one day this person is not me you know just saying again um but good good luck yeah. whatever and then he huge email I was an angel and blah, blah, blah. And, and he's kind of telling me his life Wait, story. Wait, how you were a An wife? angel. And telling me. Oh, an angel. Yeah, telling me. Story. But it, it got a bit weird. And then he sent a photo with it of him. Oh. <laughs> um, like he had some makeup. I guess maybe he watches. Um, what's that thing? Like uh, wrestling, you know, because he had this very scary freaky clown makeup you know and, and that photo yeah it stayed with me too like it, it shocked me so it was like an angry yeah, you know like slipknot you know like slipknot like angry clown or whatever he sent this photo being like now i will forever uh you know that you're not with me or something something like that and it when i saw oh, the photo so it shocked up. me yeah it's very disturbing oh god and so I wrote back to not write to me again. <laughs> Politely asked not write to, to not write to me again. Um, yeah, and and he and he did, he never did. So right that that. But when I did go back to my parents' house, and, um, not, he he would drive by and he would stop and look. You know, try to look through the windows. Yeah, Woo! and so I would be like, okay, I'm just gonna. We we left my car. Oh, yeah. We left my car in the garage because we didn't want him to see it and to like come not whatever. So we like hid my car. It's a bit, a bit crazy, but 
Yeah, and I had a chat with my parents also because my parents were telling me I should give him a chance and blah blah blah. And no, yeah, and, and, and they didn't understand. So mainly my my father, but my mother as well. They didn't understand my feeling of feeling threatened this and being disturbed by the photo. They didn't understand this, and I I said it's not for you to understand. If I'm feeling threatened and very unsafe, that's up to me. And I'm asking you to not talk to him about me anymore. You can say hi, but do not. Yeah. You. And so, but I had to put my, my foot down and, and I had to, I had to explain because mainly men, they don't really understand. My dad was like, he's just, a, he's just, he just likes you. Yeah. But if he's sending me th- photos like this, they're very threatening. I don't like this. And I, I do not want to continue having contact with this person and this must be respected. And so I think it was interesting. It was a lesson for my father as well, because he's from a different generation. That's a lot of things slide. Second. Some will say very inappropriate ones. And my dad thinks it's funny. And I'm like, no, dad. Like what? Um, like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> this poor neighbor also. He was with his new girlfriend, but he's probably in his 60s. And my mom. So I don't know if I will translate. Um, okay, let's say chick. So my mom wanted to have some chickens. So that, but chicken in French would, would be the equivalent of saying the word chick. So she's like, I want to have some chicks. And he said, well, you've got, you've got a chick right here beside you. And then he like winked at like hinting to me. Um, and I was like, I'm sorry. And his girlfriend went, I'm sorry. <laughs> we all said, like, pardon? Like, what? <laughs> and then he just felt bad. Just like, man. And he was like, well, you got a chick, a chick right here. Ha, ha. Like, <laughs> he felt so embarrassed. So I kind of felt bad because uh, we made him feel embarrassed. But at the same time, he needs can't say things like this. Like, men used to say things like this. Yeah, but you, you know, it was just, yeah, it was just very awkward. But that's example but sometimes yeah they'll, yeah they'll they'll compliment my looks a lot and so it's just it's yeah. kind of like mm, sorry creepy old dude this is not appropriate <laughs> yeah and and just for like those listening about you know you hear oh he sent me a creepy photo whatever the the guy the the delivery guy no this photo <laughs> You're still, I think you're still too nice about it, Corinne. Like, it freaked me the fuck yeah. out. Like, I thought he was wearing a mask. Like, a mask with slit yeah. eyes, it, like, slits for eyes. And just, oh, it was really it was a, It was a very threatening photo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> shit. All right. Well, anyways, let that experience rest in peace. And uh, um, uh, so let's let's get to the the reason why i called you and because i want to hear your thoughts on ayahuasca never done a psychedelic never smoked weed (laughs) pretty pure and going straight from just you know enjoying the life as it is to going into ayahuasca and yeah like what how are you feeling and what are you what are the things you want to work on or what are you expecting are you expecting where are you doing the same give it to me so yeah and I've not smoked a cigarette just to tell you <laughs> so I'm very yeah, yeah. I, I mean yeah the only thing I've done is alcohol because 
sounds, I guess, peer pressure or whatever, but um, okay. I don't even like the taste of it. So I don't even drink, like I drink probably like twice a year, maybe more on the ships, obviously, but if I'm not on a, on a ship, it'll be like a twice a year thing. So this ayahuasca uh, is going to be very different. I'm doing it with the people from the sound ceremony. So a lot of the, well, the two facilitators, Jaya and Sarasvati, um, they are leading it in their home. So they've got this huge dome outside of their home. Um, like blankets and I, I'm pretty shaman as well, but I might be confused with another ceremony, but I think there's a shaman. We're going to be singing some songs. Um, so that's what we've been doing basically for two weeks, a song book, and we're just singing a bunch of songs together with a guitar going to be very beautiful i do trust that it's going to be pure because that's how they are um i don't have any i don't really know what to expect and i didn't ask a lot of questions because i i kind of just want to dive into the experience without having any attachments to any outcomes right um and but what made you go from no this isn't for me to then just fuck it like it's it's here was presenting me it's time i think was there a moment when you're like mm, i think the facilitators i i trust them much and so i felt if it had been somebody else i probably would not have done it but these two people i have just such infinite trust and respect the way they live their lives you're at the yoga forest they've got two kids they've got a dog every it's a family thing and the family is integrated in some of the trainings and their connection with nature is just so beautiful and pure and they are grounded and centered. And I thought if I think if I'm going to try it once in my life, I may as well try it with them. And they do hold these ceremonies every, uh, every second week. But right now there's all the people that were doing the sound healing certification with me. Uh, most of them are still there and they're doing this, this ceremony and then they're flying out sometimes. I thought I'm going to be surrounded by people who I, who I love, who love me. It's going to be a very nurturing environment. So I'm ready to do it. I've, I've been having really like a lot of tummy issues. So I almost canceled because of them. But then I talked to one girl who said that it actually fixed them for her. So you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. And you know yeah. what? If I'm going to like shit my pants I may as well do it with these people <laughs> you know or if I'm gonna like throw up all night I don't know what's gonna happen but I I have been told that I can ask the medicine the plant to to show me what I need to learn um what I need to work on in my life currently to to, to teach me what do I need to learn but please teach it in a soft way it you know in a way that's very soft uh, for my first experience. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with that intention. Um, I do know that I have a lot of self love issues that have been showing up during this training. So I'm guessing that's on um, a lot of things from a past relationship for four, from four years ago, like three and a half to four years ago that I've mentioned to you that have been showing up dreams of him. And then my begging for him to come back and to love me and, yeah, and what? I would wake up with the feeling. Wow. 
Yes, I was having these dreams about my ex during during the whole training. It just brought up all these things from years ago, and where I was begging for his love and for him to come back, or another dream where he was coming back, and I was so happy,、mm. and all of these things. And and I woke up. I always woke up with the feeling、um, of wow, myself begging for this man's attention and love. This is it. It just kind of. Showed me that that's what I need to work on.、Uh, I've not been in a real relationship since then. Is I've not met anybody, but also I've probably not met anybody because I was still hung up on, on him and on this idea of him coming back, which is awful <laughs> for、mm. for years. Yeah, so I want to work on the self love in during the ayahuasca ceremony. I I mean, if I can, let's see. I think that the medicine takes you. Where you need to go, so maybe it's that. Maybe it's the fear. I hope it's not the fear again, because, oh my God, I've had my share of fears so far.、Mm. <laughs> um, but I think those are the two, the two main things in my life,、um, and also well, self sabotage, which self love.、Yeah. I have been starting so many projects, actually succeeding in a way that I wanted. In any of them, I know that it's success is relative. Um, but you know, in the way that I had hoped for, no, you know, and I'm still. If you're looking at it from a perspective of what life is supposed to be when you're 35, okay, it's super cool because I'm traveling and I have set some money aside with working on the ships as a singer, which was amazing.、Um, single, alone most of the time,、uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about, and and.、Mm-hmm. And I'm still okay because of COVID. Now I kind of found my purpose with what I want to do, but I can't even do it. So I feel like、yeah. I'm in a bit of a rut. We we all feel this way,、um, but I think also I have been self sabotaging a lot, and so I, yeah, I want to dive deep into into the self love, lack of self love issue. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you, and、um, I applaud you. I'm. You know, I've done a some a fair share of psychedelics. I've never done ayahuasca, and I'm like, I don't know. It's just not my time, and I'm also scared of it, but also excited and curious of it. But so you are deep diving into it, and I cannot wait to hear how it goes. I think it's going to be a beautiful experience. From the people that I've heard talk about their experiences, it's um. It's all over the spectrum of how the message is delivered, from super easy to kind of like a little scary. But the bottom line、mm-hmm. is, is people it changed their life for the better, and it was a gift, you know. So it doesn't matter how it's delivered; it's going to be incredible. I have no doubts about that, even if I've never taken it. I sure hope you're right, because part of me is a little. Scared, but also I need to let go of this control that I have over everything, and I think it's the, it's, you know, it's it's the biggest step I could take. Actually, I will have no control tonight of what happens, no control,、yeah. you know. And somebody did warn me I might poop my pants, you know, I might vomit、yes. all over the place. I don't know. I might not be able to make it to a bathroom. I might be imagining scorpions all over the place. Who knows? <laughs> so yeah, it is scary. But I do know that this is the time and place to do it. I need to let go of my、uh, 
this control and and to move on with my life in a in a different way. I've done a lot of self healing, self growth, so much, you know, through books and through programs. Now it's time for this level. And I think I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for you. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to say before you go on your journey? <sighs> no, <laughs> wish me luck. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I'm not even worried about you. I know, I just know it's going to be incredible. Yeah. I'm going to call you know. in my angels and my guides. I know, um, for some of you who believe into in interme- interdimensional beings and all of that, I do like slight experiences. So I'm just going to protect me and, and give me the best journey, the most enlightening journey and what, what I need. Yeah. It's not always what you want, right. But it's what you need. So I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be the, the experience of a lifetime. <laughs> Hell Yeah. All right, girl. And then after you're done with your ceremony, we'll all just all hit you up again. And then you can tell me everything because I want to know everything. Perfect. (laughs) Part part two coming up. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Chica. Thanks for speaking with me and sharing some of your story and especially, you know, about this talker too and, and what you're, you know, sharing what you're about to do. It's a big deal. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hello. Good morning or evening for you. Good. <laughs> yeah, good evening. Hey. And good morning to you. <laughs> Thanks, girl. All right. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> it was a very strange experience for me. Um, so if I just start from the beginning... Uh, obviously the facilitators are people that I love and respect a lot and trust. Um, we've had two weeks together doing some, some, some sound healing training and everything. Um, it was in a beautiful dome. They have a dome in their, Mm. basically in their backyard, but like a beautiful dome. They set everything up. Um, there was maybe 12 of us or 13 people. Um, so we each had like, you know, our little spot in our space, which was great. Um, Real quick, sorry. How did you feel like the entire day? Like after we got off the phone in the morning, then you had, I think, uh, all day to kind of like prepare before you had to go to the dome, right? Yeah. So I, I, I mean, about it too much. Mm-hmm. And to, I mean, I was a bit nervous. I will say, yeah, you know, they keep saying it's medicine, but it's it does take you somewhere else so i I, yeah. I didn't know what would happen um so i was a bit i was a bit fearful or nervous maybe i should say um so i meditated during the day i sang uh, and um then i just tried to relax you know not do anything very stressful that day so i had to get there by five o'clock and there was a lot of people that i know and love um so I was kind of very nervous, but they, they talked us through everything that was going to happen, the procedure of the night, basically, because it was, it was like, we had to get there at five. Um, then they explained things starting at five thirty until probably six, six thirty, And then we, then we started the ceremony. 
Okay, so uh, can you describe uh, what the dome was? The dome was like, like when you enter in, like what was the, everyone else's vibe? Was everyone nervous? Have, yeah, half the people. That? Yeah, over half the people in the dome had already ayahuasca ceremony. Okay what to expect and we're not nervous at all mm-hmm. um so there was also an assistant who was there and then the other half of the people were kind of new uh i had two friends that were actually quite nervous one of them was super nervous because he's got um this this uh illness with his bowels basically and so mm-hmm. he was kind of like oh my god like ready for the worst um he's done other um plant but he had never done ayahuasca because he was so afraid of, of, you know, just literally like having like shitting his pants, but also like right. just having so many, so many issues and getting to the hospital the next day. So he was ready for the worst. And he actually had like the best, the best. Aww. Yeah. His experience, his experience was incredible. Cause so anyways, the next morning we kind of all describe our experiences and we, there's, there's time for integration. Um, that basically he, he had a great time. And I was trying not to be nervous, and I did not have a great time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get into it. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Go on. Explain the ceremony, what they were going to do. Um, they, they each called us, you know, one at a time. We had a little cup, and um, the, the male facilitator would tell us, like, do you want a little bit? Do you want, you know, what, what do you want? And so he said, and if you don't know, just let me pour it and I'll give you the amount that I think is right. And so when I went up to him, um, he, he like filled the, filled, it's like a shot glass, right? So he kind of filled it and then he took some away <laughs> and then he gave it to me. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so you, you kind of, you just bring it to your heart. You bring it to your third eye. You, you do a little prayer. Like I asked the plant to be very kind and gentle with me because this is my experience uh but just but to show me what i needed to to see and and to heal so basically i go back to my spot on my little mat Uh, well it's not like a it's a thicker mat than a yoga mat you know like we slept there and i had brought my sleeping bag which was a great idea because um it got quite cold during the night so Mm -hmm. i i sit on my sleeping bag in a meditative position position and um, they kind of they play music, or playing instruments, and singing a little bit. But then after maybe like thir- I don't know, I didn't I didn't want to look at my phone, so I had put my phone away. But after about like forty minutes, I would say, I was like, I- I'm really not feeling this, and I was meditating, and I was like, ah, I think it didn't work. He probably didn't give me enough because I looked scared. So he took some away, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden. I start having this vision. So I'm closing my eyes, right? I'm meditating. Then I have this vision of a kind of like an eagle. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. So when you, so right in the time before you have this vision, I'm sorry, I really like to get in the nitty gritty because I've never done it. I want to know every little detail. How are, how is everyone around you acting and, and how's everyone else feeling right before, mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks like no one's feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it looks, everybody's just sitting there meditating on their mats and I keep opening my eyes and being like, okay, what's happening? I don't really know. Oh, and also they had another thing in the beginning, but I didn't take it because they told me it really burns. They put it in your eyes 
it's oh, this like yes. other plant I don't know I don't remember the name of it and this one girl oh god this one girl she started screaming and crying but she had done it before and she was she literally was so scary that I was like no thank you <laughs> like not like definitely and she was crying and like Oh my god, it was it was it was bad. But all the other people, you could you could tell they were tense and just trying to breathe through it. But she she made like such a big deal out of it that I was like, no way. But apparently, this thing gives you a lot of focus. So, anyways, I'm yeah. sitting there thinking maybe I should have taken that thing. <laughs> you know, <I'm> like, nothing's <laughs> working. And then all of a sudden, I had this vision of kind of like an eagle, this type of bird, or it's like a totem. I don't really know. And and I'm just in meditation. So I'm like, okay. And then like, I'm a man, like I'm a native American man. And so Ooh. I start, I'm start being like, wait, is this my meditation? Or is this like the ayahuasca? Cause I don't know what it's supposed to feel like. So I put my so hands on subtle. Yeah. Very subtle in the beginning. Yeah. And I put my hands on my face and then I'm like, oh, I'm a man. I am this Native American man. And then I kind of, I opened my eyes, which I shouldn't have done. I should have gone with the vision, but I kind of like opened my eyes to see how everybody was doing. And that took me out of it. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I'm not sure if it's working. Then it hits. And when it hit like really strong. So basically what I was seeing was like, it was black, black, black. And all of a sudden there are these colorful little tiny strands of like little lines of color so like purple um yellow orange and they're all coming at me but it's like if i i don't really know how to say it it's like if i'm in a video game and things are kind of like coming at me and all of a sudden it it gets closer 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 and then all of a sudden it feels like i have needles all over my head brings me back to a memory of when i was a child I had um, epilepsy seizures when I was five, and I what? had. What I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, so I was epileptic when I was a child. Um, what? Okay. And I had to go to the hospital, and they would do they would perform some tests, some scans of my brain. So I think it's like, um, oh my god, I don't know how to say it in English, like electrodes or something. That they so it's basically it felt like it was needles, like hundreds of needles all over my head. And that's connected to something that literally tells them what's happening with my nervous system. Like, so this feeling must have traumatized me when I was a kid, but I didn't remember it. But so I felt all the little needles, and then, and I could hear like all over my head. And then it went all over my body. What? And I was like, okay, breathe, breathe. I'm trapped with these needles pressing on me. But then I, I and it, at the same time, it's like you have the memory of being a child and being afraid of these needles in my head, it's like a scan. But it's 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 basically it felt like it was it was needles. They were like literally popping stuff into my. Head. And so I start breathing and telling myself, "Okay, you're an adult now. You're not this kid. I'm not afraid. Like this is fine." And I'm I I was active actively thinking like release this trauma, release release this trauma. So I just started like trying to breathe. And then I was like, Oh my God, I'm not breathing. I can't breathe. And then I started freaking out. Cause I was like, I'm not breathing. And then I oh, took no. a, yeah. And then I took a really deep breath and I was like, oh, breathing, but what's happening. It was so confusing. And all of a sudden the needle sensation turns into like a plant. A, a, like it was like a plant or it was like, I was, yeah. Like little bits of plants, like, like hairs, 
but not a normal hair, like a hair. And then it went like, and it was, it was going all over my body and it was wrapping me tighter and tighter like a cocoon. I was stuck in a plant cocoon and I was just like, oh my God, I can't breathe again. I can't breathe. And I'm like trying to breathe. And then all of a sudden I have this really deep breath and I could tell, I turn around, I open my eyes and my neighbor (laughs) is like, He's looking at me like something's wrong with her, but I see he's also somewhere. So he's also like not able to <laughs> really like help me. We're both looking yeah. at each other like what the hell is happening? Oh and my so, God. And so like, I'm just like, I come back into my vision and then I, I, I don't know, like I started having like a, an anxiety attack and I started breathing really quickly like, <gasps> and I was like, okay, calm down. You're having a panic attack. Calm down calm down. So I kept telling myself like, breathe, breathe. And that part, I don't really remember. It's like I was gone for a few minutes, but I, I can't tell you what happened. I don't remember. Then I remember the next part, which is the the next part they're chanting and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I start feeling kind of good, but I look around. And so here's the thing, what happened with me. And I feel really terrible saying this because I love everyone that was in that room. But I got really like judgmental, which is probably, Mm -hmm. it's probably something that I have to work on in my life, in my everyday life. So I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm fucking high basically. And I'm just like, this is so ridiculous. And I'm looking at the, the guy with his, you know, with his instrument and, and being very like ceremonial and, and I start fucking laughing, but I'm like, I'm just like, (laughs) And I'm trying not to laugh. And then I kind of stop myself. And I'm like, okay, don't laugh. This is mean. Like, don't laugh. And then all of a sudden, a few minutes later, like fast forward to, I don't know what's going on. It's just like sensations in my body. I see colors, like, but bits of it are scary because they're, oh yeah, the bugs as well. So then it was like this insect wrapping me. Everything was just wrapping me. It was very strange. It's like cocoons, cocoons all over. Oh, also. I fall, I, I was a mummy all of a sudden. I was like getting wrapped like a, like a mummy and I was sliding under the pyramids in Egypt, which is what? just weird. But it's like, I felt like I was sliding underground, like, whoa, like through the sand and under the pyramids and like sliding, sliding. But my, my biggest mistake of the night was that I kept opening my eyes when I freaked out instead of going to the extent of the experience and knowing mm-hmm. if there would have been a resolution. Right. Like if I had stayed in the fear and gone underground being a mummy, blah, blah, blah. Like maybe there would have been some type of resolution, like a a rebirth or whatever. But I kept opening my eyes and disrupting the process. So that was Mm -hmm. that was my biggest mistake of the night. Other mistake was that I had parasites and I did not know I'm I'm getting treatment now for parasites. So I'm just going to continue with the story, but you'll understand. (laughs) So anyways. Uh, the guy, I'm, not, I'm just not going to name anybody just in case. Um, he says, okay, who would like a second serving of medicine? But at that, at that moment, I was in like a, a weird kind of happy place. And, but also not, not understanding what was happening to me. And I was like, this is so weird. And when he said, would you like a second serving? Who would like a second serving? That's when I lost it. Like I could not stop laughing. I would have laughed. Like, if they hadn't stopped me, I would have laughed for probably 30 minutes nonstop. I was like, but in a hysterical laugh, like a creepy clown laugh, you know, like, <laughs> like a, a crazy, yeah. like, psychedelic laugh. And then the other guy <laughs> beside me starts laughing as well. 
And then the whole room is laughing and we're all, we're all laughing so much. And then the facilitators are like, you're supposed to be in silence. So you're supposed to be mm. silent. You're supposed to keep to yourself. It's, it's supposed to be a very, it's a ceremony, um, meditative, very internal. Yeah, that's your experience though. Yes. So my experience. That's I, all right. So. Yeah. So I, so laughing and laughing and I can't stop laughing and I, but I'm like I'm loud and loud and then they come to me and they're they're with this little it's like some leaves that they put together and it makes a bit of noise like a like a nice noise though and so they're coming to me and they're trying to fan like with the, and, I, and I'm trying not to laugh and I'm like <laughs> like I could not stop so anyways I start laughing but then I start puking it like it all came out, and oh, then oh my can god! Can I ask you? Did was it like a, a typical puking? You no. know, like when you're sick and you feel it. Uh huh. It was a weird ass puking. It was so. It, I was. <laughs> there's there's not much. There's a weird not much. Ass. No, no. I, it comes out, but and they gave us the bowls in the beginning. I was like, this is a very small bowl, and I just remembered me being sick on cruise ships and like you know puking like all the water, like everything. What came out was literally just, I guess, the ayahuasca. It was very small. It was a very small quantity, but, but my noise and, the, and it felt like I was like expelling demons or whatever, because it was like, it was a long time for a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of puke. It was very strange. Ugh. It felt like I was yeah. puking for five minutes nonstop. And I, I literally like, what, the next day when I, when I spoke to friends, they were, they were telling me how scary it was, the noises I was making and how it was very intense. But I'm like, and I'm used to, I'm, I'm sorry, this, this sounds horrible to say, but I'm used to vomiting. Like, and I, I had eating disorders and I, you know, I wasn't like, a, I was like, this is very strange that my, yeah, my vomiting was so intense and I was crying. Did it, was it painful? Like, was it, yes. you know, when you get like a sick, yes. a sick vomiting? Yes. Or- Yes, it was painful, but only for the time that I was puking. Not before. I didn't feel very ill before. Um, and, and now I, rem- like I, ca- I kept telling them. So they both came to me. She was singing and like lovingly like holding me and singing and fanning. And he was holding my hand. Like they came to help me. They were great. Um, but I, I kept saying, make it stop. Just make this stop. I want this to stop. Like I, I want to be normal again. Like I want to come back to myself. I don't like this. I don't like this. And they were just like, and like she was singing and anyways. And and when I finally finished puking, they, they, you know, they left my hand and they went back to playing music and doing whatever they did. I, yeah. After that, it was like all like worse for me because then I, Mm. I started, I started feeling ill, but like, Oh shit, I need, I need to bathroom, you know? And so I need to, yeah. yeah, so I need the toilet. And so I try to stand up and I am like, oh my God, like f- looking for my feet, right? So I'm walking, walking. <laughs> I open that, the dome, the door to the dome. There were two bathrooms, like, you know, it's, it's just a few meters walk. Um, and they had, a, they had a lovely garden with this huge, beautiful tree. I think it's called the Jakota tree. It's a, it's in a humongous tree, but it's close to the ground. It never really grows up in the sky. It stays close to the ground, but it's huge. And they had put lights on it. It was really beautiful. And so I, I step outside and I'm looking for my sandals. I know I put my sandals on and I'm like, these are not my sandals. But then I look again and I was like, no, they are. They are, but it just felt weird. It felt like it was, but it were, they were mine. And then this other girl comes 
And I start having hallucinations and everybody starts to scare me. So she comes and she, oh shit. She makes she's wearing this very long ceremonial robe and, and she's so kind. And she comes to me and she's like, do you need help? But then <laughs> what I hear is this, do you need help? Do you need help? Do you need help? Like an echo. And I look at her oh, and I'm shit. scared because she looks like a ghost to me, but I know she's nice. I know who she is. You know, I'm like, I love this person, but yeah. I'm scared of her now. And then, but then I'm looking at the stairs and like three, three stairs. And I'm like, oh shit, is the ghost or it's the stairs and I can't do both. <laughs> so I look at her oh. and I say, yeah, yes, yes. So she takes my hand. She helps me down the stairs, go to that, you know, the last stall for the bathroom. And so I, I, I get into the bathroom, I sit on the toilet and then all of a sudden I have huge anxiety that maybe I'm just dreaming and I'm not actually on the toilet. And I'm like, my stomach hurts. I'm about to have, I'm sorry, sorry, listeners. I'm about to have like massive diarrhea. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, am I shitting my pants in front of everybody on my mat or am I outside? Is this a dream? And I start, oh, no. no, I start freaking out. And then I'm like, and then I say out loud, I broke this, I broke the silence once more. So I'm like, am I on the toilet? And then I, I hear her. She's like, yes, you're on the toilet. She's in, she, she's in the stall beside me. And then I'm like, how do I know that this is not a dream? Oh my God. Oh my God. I need to poop. Am I on the toilet? And she says, Corinne, she's like, Corinne, this is Jessica. Yes. You're on the toilet. You can poop. You're okay. <laughs> and I'm just like, but how do I know? And then I'm like, oh my God, I have to go. So I start crying because I'm like, oh shit. Like I'm probably pooping my pants. This is a dream. I'm going to be filled with diarrhea. Like I'm just thinking about all of this, you know, it's going to stink in the whole dome. And it's, I get into oh, this, you poor thing. You know, I get into this massive anxiety. Then I don't know if I'm oh. as well. There was like a bucket there. So I'm, I'm grabbing the bucket too. And I'm not sure. And I'm just like, I see all the ants and they're freaking me out. And like, I'm like, okay, breathe. So I, come, I always came back to my breath, right? So I stayed there for a few minutes because it was like, I had parasites in it. So basically, it explains why I was so sick. Um, so yeah, I'm really sick. And then I come out and then one of the facilitators, the woman is there outside waiting for me. And she's just like, she's, you know, opening the tab for, the, to, for me to wash my hands. She's like, wash your hands, honey. Okay. You okay? And she's very sweet. <laughs> okay to stop and I'm like freaking out she's like hmm. she's like you want to stay outside a little bit go go and she takes me she's like go touch the tree spend time with the tree come back when you're ready <laughs> so, yeah. like I put my hands on the tree and then I just I was like okay I'm touching the tree and I started feeling a bit better it's like oh shit I need to go I need to go to the toilet again so I, I make my way back to the toilet on my own I'm there again. And then I, I'm not sure again, if I'm really there, if I'm dreaming again. And then I talk to myself and I talk to like my, my guides. I was like, my guides, my angels, whatever, my higher self, please make this stop. I am really not enjoying this. I want to come back to my body. And like, I want to be lucid again, please make it. And then I was fine. I was absolutely lucid, but it was kind of like this, this feeling of, I was very judgy after that, but I remember that I was lucid. So I stayed outside a bit because I was like, I'm not going back in there. Although they want you to stay in the dome because they want the experience in a, in a safe container and they want to make sure where you are, you know, that you're not roaming off. Um, yeah. 
And so I stayed outside for a bit and I, I looked at the stars that were beautiful. The sky was amazing. The moon was amazing. I, I had a nice moment with the moon, which, which is not something, it's something that I do often, actually. I, I do it often. Like I don't need any type of medicine or drugs <laughs> to talk to the moon. It's, it's like I do that. And so I had a moment and I was like, you know what? I don't need anything altering my state for me to feel connected to the universe and to feel love and to feel close to nature. I know that I am. And so I'm glad I had this experience to like confirm that for me. But like, it was also, I was also very resentful because I forgot to say this, but in, in the beginning, I did not know that the facilitators were going to, that were going to um, take the plants with us. Oh yeah. They, they yeah, do yeah. some as well. And the assistant and I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so when that happened, it made me feel very unsafe. Like, yeah. like they're supposed to watch over us, but they're going to be fucking high, you know? So they did their job wonderfully. They watched over us. Like, like my God, they were there every time I needed them. They were there. Um, and every time anybody needed them, they were there. But in my mind, when I had just gotten there and this was my first experience, it made me feel very unsafe. And so, you know, the next day I thought, well, is this stemming back to like, my childhood where I always had these feelings of like not feeling was, you know, like bless her heart. Like she suffered depression and, and she wasn't always there for us, you know, like he, so I don't know if it was a whole bunch of things. So the integration process was really interesting. Um, I did not go back for more because I was so sick. If I wasn't in the toilet, like I had, I went to the toilet probably like eight times eight times until mm. I fell asleep. Like it was like, it was nonstop. Just nonstop. Yeah. Nonstop. Like, it's like, okay, I, I, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to have any more. Um, but so during the next morning, when everybody starts talking about their experience, what I've realized is that the people who were having a hard time, the more they took, the more this went away. And then it brought them to beautiful, like lands like this one girl, she had a reconnection with her dead grandmother. She held her in her arms. Um, she, she saw like, um, like different, oh my God, I don't know how to say it. Like not nations, but like she was speaking to like the tree people. She saw rock people. She saw like creatures, you know, in the forest and, and she was speaking with them and she was like in full amazement. But before getting there, it took her three cups and her, her three first cups, like she felt awful, but she, and she, she, she wasn't like purged. Shit. Then she finally purged and then she went for another cup. And then like her whole world was fantastic. And she was like, this was the best experience of my life. She was in tears the next day. Like, wow. oh yeah, she was in tears. She was like, this was so beautiful. She felt the unconditional love, you know, the he, he felt this, this, this beautiful, loving state of bliss and where like he touched his boyfriend's hair and the, the hair became stars and galaxies and he was building planets with his what? hands. Oh yeah. Some people had incredible experiences as I just was like getting trapped in cocoons and, and like, and, you know, wrapped like a mummy. And I had like, you know, I don't know, but that's what experience had to be. Maybe the parasites did not help, you know? Maybe the fact that I had to this inside of me, uh, because at one point also, I forgot to say, I started being a bit paranoid. And when I was afraid of everybody, I was also afraid of the facility. 
um, mainly the man, yeah. every time he approached, he approached with like age or whatever. He was like, he had different pipes, different smoke, smoke things throughout the night. And I would look at him and I would push him away, well, away. Like he, he didn't touch me. He was far, but I would push him away with my hand and say, no, no. Like I didn't want him near me. Oh, I thought he was a, a yeah. guru in a sect. And I was like, no, like get away. You know, I started being, and those are people I love, but I got into a bit of a paranoia and I wonder if I was like, just sick. <laughs> like, you know, like I don't, I don't really know what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. I've never taken ayahuasca, but I do think it's a big, it's showing you like underneath like this. Well, first of all, the judgment, I've had that too. When I take psychedelics, it's like, oh, I I wanted to do it. I got myself here. And then I'm like, what am I doing to myself? Like, Mm. I don't want to be associated with these people. Like, I don't want to be like a hippie in the jungle. Um, And then it's just, I think it's a deep inner, like it's a fear of losing yourself and feeling like you're never going to be your grounded have your head on your shoulders self I don't know that's how I felt yeah I was like what how did I get myself here and I trust them but well is this my tribe yeah you know it 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 made me doubt a lot of a lot of things um and before starting I took your advice and I told myself this this is me meeting my myself my higher self so nothing can go wrong so I was ready for it to be you know I put positive light I but also I, I knew that I might experience some bad things and that I needed to release some fears. And and if you think about it, I released probably some trauma from when I was a kid with the needles in my head and the whole thing. Like, I didn't remember this, but it brought it back. So obviously this trauma was in my body. So this was, I mean, I think there were some good things in the in the ceremony. But the fact that I became super judgmental was a bit kind of, I, I you know, it was a bit of, um, I was actually mean I was mean in the way I would look at people and I would see like God like these poor people like they don't understand that God is within they think they need all these things and these ceremonies and they they give themselves like these and it's funny because I would talk about humans as if I was not what I if my god as if I was not a human so I would say these humans look at these humans they need to have all these rituals and these things to make themselves feel important. They don't understand. God is here. Like it's inside of them. They, they, they always think they need to heal and heal, but they need to do the work. That, like it's not a drug that's going to heal you. And, and then I started having compassion and being like, oh, poor humans. Look at what they're doing to themselves. I would hear people throwing up yeah. and all of that. But it was really strange because it was, it was mean. And then it turned to a bit of compassion. And then it was also... Like I was really, um, I was not associating myself as if I was a human. It was like, I was an observer of humans. It was such a strange night. (laughs) Wow. I think, I know that it didn't feel like a good experience, but I think that's one of the best ones you had because you really faced your demons or, or things that you like, sure, you could have had this blissful experience, but what would you have learned other than, well, what a cool visual, mm. you know, like what a cool, again, I've never taken ayahuasca, but like, if I'm going to take ayahuasca, I would want to have, I would want to know what my demons are, what my issues are, what I need to work on. And it sounds like yours came Yes. Up. Like everyone else kind of bypassed mm. the things that are painting them in this 
this realm, mm-hmm. which probably makes them want to take it again and again before they can finally face the deep, deep. Yours is right on the surface, I think, because you're ready to like throw it up and out. Yeah, maybe. I I, th- I, I think you might you might be right as well. Um, I I thought I thought that as well because I was I was just like okay. I kind of regret not going deeper. I opened my eyes way too many times to, you know, I got myself out. And so I do kind of regret that, but I still, I still feel like it definitely shed some light um, on the fact that I'm still judgmental, you know, and this is something I've been working on for years because I used to be really judgy, but the reason I judge people and, and see this, 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 this association, dissociation, what's the word in English? Um, dissociation. dissociation. Yeah. dissociation. <laughs> so this dissoci. Oh my god, it's hard to say. Uh, this dissociation with other people um, is kind of like it's been an issue with me because I I always put walls up. I've had so many people that I loved in my life uh, in my you know uh, teenage years and early twenties that have died or that have abandoned me or that you know every time I got close to someone something were deaths so I kind of stopped letting people in and I think for me to 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 make myself to judge other people is just a way for me to be separated from them so that actually I don't get hurt right it's a it's a protection mechanism Mm -hmm. and so I think this shed a lot of light on it that it's still in my subconscious mind I'm still doing it although I spent two weeks full of love with all of you know with most of these people in the training and and that I did open myself up. And I was really proud of myself to open myself up. Like I, I'm keeping some friends from this training for sure. But if, if the light was, you know, like just brought up upon that issue, well, part of it is still there. So I'm, I'm glad that I, I now know that I need to do that work. Yeah. I think isn't that the point too? Did they, they told you, right? Like the real work happens in the integration where mm. wherever you found out like it's not going to be a quick fix it's like okay now you know what you need to chew yes. on and continue dissecting exactly they- yeah. yeah so here we are a few days later um yeah i, I was i was quite i don't know the day after it was it's good that we did not speak because i didn't really know what to what to think about the experience and i was a bit disappointed and i was i had like this in my mouth like this like ugh, mm. like why did I do this? And I don't think I learned anything. And, and it just made me kind of judge people even more than people that I love that I did not want to judge. And now I saw another side of them, which, uh, you know, but it's, it's this, it's this of drugs or whatever, you know, plant medicine. Mm -hmm. It's, it's this fear that brings me into judgment as well. So, you know what I think too, is that, Again, I'm not, I haven't been there. I haven't met the facilitators and whatever, but sometimes like I have these grand realizations that you did, like you dissociated yourself from being human and you saw humans as they were. And it's just like, sometimes I realize I'm like, oh my God, even the people that I looked up to and and really admired, I'm like, oh my God, we're just, we're all faking it till we make it. (laughs) Like we, we don't, we, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Like they really don't. And I mean, that's how I felt. Even with my teachers that I, I like gave given me so much knowledge. Sometimes I look at them. I'm like, wait a second. I know you're older than me. You have more experience, but like, we're, we don't know what's going on in this human <laughs> world. Like, yeah, well, true. But I do think that the two facilitators that I had that are from the yoga forest were, they are very, um, centered people. 
they are very yeah. aligned. They are very wise, and they do implement that in their lives. Like family, they're very balanced. But I think I did not like to see that side of them. But but they were fine. You know, they were perfect. They were helping us. But I have such a strong judgment of of drugs. I guess that to me, mm. it's like when it's like when I'm drunk or when I see people drunk. I don't like to see people intoxicated. And then it it kind of just made me kind of I don't know see that side but they were they they do they play beautiful music it just it it gave me this feeling of being in a sect for a few minutes and that made me freak out but but I know it's not a sect mm -hmm. I know it's like they're super loving I left I went home we're all good you know like nothing happened but maybe maybe it's from another life or something I just had visions of a sect and it, and it, it really it made me angry angry and then I got mean and I got well I didn't get mean with anybody but in my head you know and very like resentful and yeah but I told them the next day when we had the you know the moment where we had to share I didn't really want to share because I I had nothing nice to say and I told them I don't have anything nice to say and they said well we want to hear it and they're, they're so kind and they make space and and they accepted all my everything I said you know and I did say that I felt very unsafe when I saw that they were taking it with us And they said, okay, okay, well, we should, okay, now, now we know we, we should tell people that we should warn them that we were going to take it with us, with them, because they said, we have to take a small dose because or else we won't be understanding what's happening. We have to kind of be in it with you, but they take a, they, they take a smaller dose. Mm. Um, and, and also, I don't think they would have, oh my God, they would have been able to play and sing and do all of that until 3 a.m. It went on until 3 and then at 3 they brought us soup. And uh, bread. I only had a slice of bread, a tiny slice of bread, because I needed something in my stomach. But I knew I was going to go back to the bathroom, so I only had bread. And uh, and after that, it's kind of like, okay, good night, everybody. You know. Oh, and also very interesting. Wow. The first part of the ceremony is in absolute darkness. No candles, nothing. Yeah, mm. absolute darkness. The first, the the like a third of it, I would say. Then they start opening, they start like lighting some candles and they start chanting. And they, they, it's funny because they were like, they told everybody because we just had come from that training. They were like, if you want to sing with us. And they sang songs that we knew, but no one was singing. We were all like having our own experiences. By that time, I was just very sober and very kind of, I want to sleep, you know, <laughs> I tried sleeping through it. And yeah, you must have been exhausted. I was because, yeah, being sick, I was just, I've, I've been exhausted for two weeks now so I should have canceled basically yeah. I should have canceled but I wanted to be with this particular group I knew it was a safe space and I you know I knew that I loved these people and yeah so I but I, sh I should have I should have waited and done it in two weeks or I think what happened was supposed to happen because then you would have always been like, oh, did I mm. miss out? Because this was, I think everything you told me, this was the perfect time to do it. You trusted yeah. everybody and you, you know, you spent time with everybody and don't, Corinne, you're so hard on yourself <laughs> sometimes because this happens. This is, you know, some people have worse experiences where they go to hell, <laughs> like they go to hell, yeah. you know, like I think. I think what, and, and remember you didn't, you didn't go deeper. You only yeah. took that one cup and then you, you had to be yeah. on the toilet and, and, uh, but you, I think you learned a lot about what your ego stuff, your ego self still likes to attach mm. to, which is, and cause I know your third chakra dominant and they do like they're judged. They, 
uh, that's a part of their energy is judgmental, but it's only to help protect oh, wow, yourself. Okay. But, and you know, because if you, well, there, we, if we had time, we can go into that. But like, um, I think after hearing you, I think you had a really successful experience and this was your first psychedelic and it, it was like a t- it, mother ayahuasca fucking smacks you <laughs> in the face. Like this wasn't. Yeah. She does. You, know, you have the experience. <laughs> she definitely does. But as I said, most of the people they had incredible experiences. You know, you just never know. I think it's just important to do it in a in a space where you do feel safe and and you know kind of a bit like what to what to expect. Because um, when I went to a restaurant the day after and I talked to my roommate. Um, he was telling me that the, the manager at the restaurant overheard us and he said, what are you talking about? Ayahuasca? And I said, yeah. And he said, oh my God, don't ever do that. There's, he says that he's seen a few people here at the lake, their parents have their fly, parents fly to come and get them in Guatemala because they just fucking lost it. And so I yeah. was just like, oof, I, I'm glad yeah. I did not know that. But also I always trust my higher self and I can, and I, as I said, when I talked to my guides and I said, enough, this needs to stop, bring me back. They did, you know, my body was like, okay, back. That's cool. Done. And I was very lucid and I, I was like, okay, okay, now I'm done. Now, now I'm just on the toilet, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but I trusted, I trusted that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if like you had just flown to Guatemala and you never, you didn't have any experience with them and you just like the second day you were there, you went into this space with people that you didn't know. And then that, I mean, that's too much. That's too, that's too much. This is why I think that anybody who wants to try it um, first, and also they tell you not to take certain medications. So maybe the people who kind of got messed up by it were on antidepressants or something. You can't be on anything else. I had to stop yeah. taking like charcoal pills for my stomach, like everything had to stop just to make sure you don't, you don't mix it, you know? So yeah, yeah it was, uh, yeah, but definitely Damn. be ready, be with people that you know. And that, cause you might shit your pants. They say, you know, every shit their pants. Apparently someone did, but you know, no one, obviously no one like said, said who it was or whatever, but apparently this is something that happens. So make sure you're safe and that you're with people who absolutely love you and that you love that's what that's what i would say to anybody who wants to try it don't just go off and be like okay here we are so many people do that though like so many people i know and and also a lot of people take the medicine with just random people that happen to be carrying it and have it with them and and claim themselves to be shocked yeah you know no i really like the fact that it was a it's there was a structure to it they had a schedule they were right on it like it wasn't like okay take this and have fun no 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 no. it was there was a structure we were held in a very safe container I think important definitely yeah damn girl you brave girl oh, you I'm not it. sure I'm not sure Fuck. I would do it again the next day when I heard everybody's amazing stories I was like, ah, oh, damn, should I have taken a second cup? But then I, I thought back, no, because I was ill and what happened had to happen. But I would definitely be scared to try it again because this loss of control felt very scary to me. Not being in control of my body, not dreaming or if I'm actually there. That was, that was a very frightening sensation. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, I actually have to now go to my yoga training. All right. I have, so many, I have more questions to ask <laughs> you, but but maybe I can call you again and we can. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk more about it. All but, right. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, thank this. you for listening. <laughs> and like I, I know. Yeah, it's like really it is. But so thank you for sharing. It's fine. It's life. We we all yeah. have these, you know, different issues, but we all have something to work on. And uh, yeah, there's no point in hiding. No point in hiding who I am. This is who I am right now, and I'm I'm changing every day. So, you know, the better. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Wise words. All right. Love you. Enjoy your training. All right, Chica. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye.